0: Everybody. I'm Zach
1: and I'm joined as always by Chris. Chris, how's it going, my man? I'm feeling pretty good, dude. Listen, it's January. It's cold. But honestly, I'm feeling pretty warm. It it kinda of feels like summer for this episode. I'll be real honest with you. It's, it's Yeah, the it, sky's
0: it, a little gray, but you feeling like it's summer.
1: It's a little grey, but I'm feeling like it's summer. Oh, he put it together. The wonderful shoehorn. The awful pun to start the episode off. It's so great. Alright.
0: Yes. So we're today we're gonna talk about as i think we were talking about last episode the gray and summer's family which i can tell you doing these notes sounds like you had a headache there chris
1: yeah we we have it recorded that i said that you were going to help me with the notes and then i was just like nah, just and i did them all in one and that was hell i got done yeah i got done. honestly like uh, there's a part of me that thinks that it was kind of smart because you know got it all done and then checked it over afterwards it was just a matter of <laughs> logged on today, and I was like, hey, man, sorry, I'm finishing the recommendation. I need you to do a couple for me <laughs> because I just wrote so many notes, and it's just so much. I mean, because this family – okay,
0: before we get into it, the Gray and Summers family, Scott Summers, Jean Gray, yes, they have a family – It's a little complicated. We're talking about two. We will talk about two of their children from a different two different universes, Mm -hmm. which is which we will tell you what Earth they're from when we get to them. So you know, if you don't, Scott Summers, Cyclops, Mm -hmm. Jean Grey, Phoenix, Jean Grey, whatever, Marvel Girl, whatever you want to call her, that's who we're talking. Those are the
1: two parents, quote unquote. Yeah, yeah um, quote unquote. That's a good point. And we're we are going to talk about Jean Grey and we're going to talk about Scott, as Zach said, obviously. But this is not their episode. I want to make that clear. We still have a little bit more research to do into the both of them to see if there's. I'm sure there's enough alternatives. They've been around enough.
0: Yeah, there's that- enough alternatives. Unfortunately, <laughs> the only I can only see every version of Cyclops is going to be Cyclops, and every version of Jean Grey is going to be Phoenix in some way, shape, or form, or Marvel Girl. Right. However. Like the, their upbringing and who they and how they become who they like that, that's the difference, really. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm definitely. already well, I'm I mean, only thinking of like Marvel 1602 right off the bat, those are the two versions. I'm just like, it's the same person, it's just what time period are they? In?
1: Yeah, I mean, that happens with 1602, unless you're talking about like Logan. He's kind of the big difference. He's kind of the, the most different out of everyone that I can think of off the top of my head. At the There's another one out there that I'm just, oh, Thor, I guess, because it's not actually Thor. But we're not talking anyway, about the 16th episode.
0: <laughs> no, we're not. We're talking about the Grey Summers family. So, Ooh. yes, multiverse. We will designate Earths when we get to them. Before we do that, because sometimes, Chris, you and I spend about 15 minutes of just talking. Um, <laughs> I haven't heard a complaint about it yet. Don't think it's a, a problem. I know our listeners would let us know, though. Make comments on these episodes, I'm sure. I mean, we're here uh, for a conversation. If,
1: if, if they don't want right. to listen to us talk, they don't have to listen, you no? Know? Uh, yeah, things. things.
0: Or honestly, anyway. yeah,
1: just press that 30 second button a few times hey. and you'll get there. So, Chris, what have you been reading? I have been on a Star Wars game yeah. between the Book of Boba Fett and officially going through the Clone Wars for the first time. I was in Burlington recently for my partner's birthday. I took her there, surprised her, and we ran into a comic book store. And, you know, her understanding the nerd that I am, she was like, do you want to go in? And I was like, yes, I want to go in. (laughs) I paid for the b and B. I I want to buy myself a comic book, damn it. And instead of buying myself one comic book, I bought five of them. (laughs) So I got the current Darth Vader run from Greg Pak. And I got issues number 14 through 19. I am on issue. I finished issue 18 last night. And it's just amazing. Personally, I think Darth Vader is the greatest bad guy of all time. You can fight me on that. You'll lose, but you can fight me on it. And it's just awesome to jump into the comic world with him. Because I've had little forays here and there. I've read some of them. But now that I actually like own them and have my own paperback copies, one of which... That was just released as of December 22nd. I'm very, very happy to be up to date with that. And then there's two more issues coming out in February and then in March. And that will end that current run.
0: Chris, did I get any Star Wars related stuff?
1: Oh, boy. I'd have to check the sheet, honestly, dude. It wouldn't surprise me if you did. I know that you specifically didn't get me any. I, I know specifically that there was no Darth Vader because a part of me was just like, I went through that whole list and I was like, I'm mean, going Vader. Huh, interesting. And I was like, I guess I'll just have to. No, buy I those do. For
0: Star- I'm pretty sure I have Star Wars. Do I have Vader? I think I might have Star Wars Vader. Oh, no, I think that might be single issues. Anyway, no, they, The my favorite scene from anything Vader comic book related is one where it's just like a bunch of soldiers, like D cloak, and they're surrounding him. Like, and they zoom out of like, it's not just like a couple, it's like almost like a battalion. It's like I know, you're I know surrounded exact- and he's. Yeah, yep. and he's just like I all I see are
1: dead men. <laughs> yeah, like, all, all, all I all I see is fear and dead men. Yeah, yeah
0: I'm like, what? well, no, you that's guys pick the
1: wrong man? Vader in a nutshell for sure. Like he literally like people defy him consistently in this comic run, and he just fucking slits every single one of them. Like it's absurd how many people he just like kills, and it it makes total sense, and it's mm-hmm. great because they. Try to thwart him. They try to get one up on him. And while they might, like, disassemble him, he'll come back and he will force choke you from where you never expect him to. And it's great. I'm uh, having so much fun. He'll
0: friggin' force choke you, like, across the stars. He doesn't care. Like, I remember, I like, I don't know if it was an episode or something or, like, a comic book, but he's, like, on a phone. So... He was on literally a call with somebody from in the military, like an, ad, I don't know, an admiral or something, and they're having a conversation and what, whoever's speaking just starts choking.
1: Yeah. He forced chokes and like the communicator.
0: I'm, yeah, basically. And it's just like, like I'm sure he was nearby on a ship, but it was like, you know. so like, impressive. Yeah. It's just like, oh, oh, shit. And the other guy's like, uh, he's just like, all right, admiral. Yes, and He's Lord like,
1: Vader. Oh, shit. <laughs> yeah, it's 100%.
0: Like congratulations, Corporal, you're now an Admiral. Like, oh, thank you. It's like, gee, Christ.
1: Appreciate the pay bump. Hopefully, I don't get killed through a phone.
0: Yeah, yeah. It's just like, don't fuck it up. Um,
1: <laughs> what about you, buddy? What
0: you- I actually just got. I finished the Legends uh, Boba Fett thing. If you don't know what that means, anything Star Wars Legends, Disney said it's not canon. It was like written before the Disney buying star wars basically so but a lot of that stuff now i think is starting to thron. is a perfect example of something that was legends and is now canon however canon in a different way but i finished that i'm pretty sure i'm almost done with batman year one Like i said, it's a long one so what do yeah. i do after i finish one of my long ones and almost done with another i get another one um <laughs> i got matt fractions hawkeye the saga of barton and bishops everything well, matt fraction wrote about the two I'm, of
1: them. I'm so jealous that you got that.
0: I showed I showed it to Chris and Chris. I'm like, yeah, I know. I really want that. <laughs> and then I also got this little book, Marvel Myths and Legends. It was like the origins of like Thor, the Eternals, the Marvel Universe. And I was like, gee, how up to date is this thing? So I took a look in the first myths. OK, the birth pang. So this is a talk about like the first firmament Whatever the ultimates dealt with, and then I'm like, oh, how far does it go to? Goes to the final host and a little bit of the king of Null. Not the king in Black event, but like when Venom found out about Null, and I'm like, oh, this goes pretty recent. Yeah. So I'm like, oh, that's cool. It's like a condensed little little book, and I'm still working on Die. I know some people were like, just pick one and keep. I can't okay no, that's my it's... problem i can't read just the one i need to read because i'm like i'm reading die i'm reading that i'm bored yeah i want to i'm gonna read something else i read something else
1: yeah no i'm very add with comic books i feel you it's
0: just how i work yeah it's how i function so it's like all right whatever but yeah no i had people finish the one thing I'm like i can't
1: no we gotta start something else we gotta make it fun for ourselves
0: yeah speaking of fun and oh, jumping just... back and forth
1: yeah oh my god especially
0: yeah, so the Summers Gray family. So, like like you said, we're not this is not an episode all about Cyclops. This is not an episode all about Gene or all about cable, whatever. Mm-hmm. This is just their family. Like kinda of like what we did with WandaVision.
1: Kinda, yeah. It's it's the most similar to that. We're talking a little bit more family tree esque. We're not really going into alternative parts. I mean, if you want to really break it down when we explain it, it is kind of an alternative parts situation scientifically. Yeah. I mean, because, you know,
0: at this clones, point, but yes, clones <laughs> will be involved. But also it's like, well, in my opinion, and this is my opinion, and we're going to I'm going to get into this. We're going to get into this later. Cable was the first child. of Yes. So that in a way, Nate, uh, Rachel and Nate are alternate versions of him.
1: Mm-hmm. That's is, that's that's a good point. I never thought it's about it an that interesting way. way of thinking about it.
0: So yeah. started off. We're going to start off this headache with
1: the biggest of them all. Gene Jean Grey. You hear that big sigh? Yeah. (laughs) That's how how much he loves her. Well, I mean, you like Jean. You just, we talked about this before. I
0: don't like the stats. There it is. The problem is, and unfortunately, Jean becomes synonymous with the Phoenix way too often. So, I mean, and I'm not really going to get super duper into the Jean, because she's in all the X-Men movies, like you've seen her a thousand times, you know, most people know the bare bones of who she is. So mutant with a vast telepathic and telekinetic abilities. Or awakened when she's witnessed the death of her best friend as a child. I mean, oops, that's. I mean, yeah, it sucks. I don't want to say oops and like, oh, dumb it down. It's like, no, it's traumatizing as a child. But and this is never something that a lot of X-Men comics don't go over. When you're a mutant, you usually get your powers at puberty time, right? Twelve, mm-hmm. thirteen, whatever that is. Uh, there's, a, there's definitely been a lot of those characters though who like they get it a little sooner, usually because of trauma, like Jean or. And I'm referencing this in the case of one of the Runaways uh, members, team of super teens, basically. I think she was like 11. And she when she, used her pa- when she uses her power, she gets really tired. It's like, all right, you're not at the point in your life where you can fully control it because that's the backlash is now you're exhausted. Mm-hmm. So Jean, just like trauma, boom, both, both her powers. But usually it's like, you know, I have telepathy, I have telekinesis. No, she's got both, which yeah. is very important. She was found by Professor X. And he put telepathic, telepathic blockers so that she couldn't really use her powers. It's not that she couldn't use her powers. I think she mostly, they mostly blocked her, he blocked her telepathy, mostly. Yeah. Because he also learned, because of her, he knew about the Phoenix and it's like, okay, the the Phoenix really likes telepathy specifically because it's a multiversal entity made out of the psionic force of everything that exists, has existed, and will exist. Yeah. Telepathy is important for it. He's like, she can have her telekinesis, but I gotta dumb down this telepathy. And then she goes and she works with the X-Men. Beast and Iceman and Angel and Cyclops, the first of the first X-Men. First class, as you would be. Yeah, not gonna talk about <laughs> Interesting. You don't like but... the movie? I like the movie. First class is good. Uh, okay, the one thing I have a problem with is Darwin.
1: Okay, that's fair.
0: His powers that's is fair. he can't... He adapts and can't die, and what do you do? You kill him off. Anyway. Him
1: yeah. That's fair. Mm-hmm.
0: So... Alright, this is where we're gonna get a little stupid. Really, like mm-hmm. right the bat. Jean is eventually warned by her future self that the Phoenix Force would eventually claim her. So she spoke to every powerful being she knew in order to prepare and then traveled to the future to confront it where the Phoenix demonstrated her power. In doing so, Phoenix picked a fight with Terax and Galactic.
1: Right off the bat. We're, we're right jumping bat. into it. We're jumping into yep. a
0: planet eater right off the bat. It's a planet eater to a, to a uh, space bird. Terax <laughs> was defeated easily. <laughs> Terax was easily, but the Phoenix almost consumed was almost consumed by galactus until past gene saved her by unleashing her full powers which impressed galactus all right we started the bat with time travel
1: yep i mean time travel is also very just synonymous with the x-men i think as far as like superhero teams go i feel like x-men is definitely up there for as hard for like as much as they screw with the future like the avengers is definitely very close second but x-men simply because they have very, very powerful their school and throughout the communities that they create and very, very smart people as well. Like Hank McCoy is just one example. Like he's very, very smart and time travel is kind of out of his zone, I mean, but he can get to that point. It happened happen as we saw with Dark Beat. Yeah. I mean, like, like well, some mutant
0: abilities is literally genius. Like Forge, he is on par, if not could be technically smarter than Tony Stark, but if you take away his mutant ability, he can't, he's not as smart.
1: Can't do anything, yeah.
0: That's his mutant ability, his intelligence. However, yeah. and they also deal with space a lot, like when she was taken to space because the Shi'ar Empire wanted to put her on trial for shit she may or may not have committed. Mm-hmm. Or will commit. God. Yeah. Who's, what's the Shi'ar Empire? It's like, like the United Nations, but for a galaxy. Yeah. Like the Shi'ar Empire, it's just an empire and all these planets that are under the Empire, it's not like, oh, we rule you, you are lower class. It's like, no and the imperial guard is your finest member who your strongest member usually is some basically also kind of an outcast of their own people yeah they can come join the imperial guard and that's our superhero team gladiator is perfect example it's just cut paste superman
1: true oh, yeah, most of are not his powers. wrong there at all yeah
0: no he's, he's another superman analog so jean and her teammates right they escaped but they were from the kidnapping but as they were but they were leaving along a shuttle and a solar flare happened, and it was gonna kill them. And however, Jean uh, this pushed the Phoenix to like, you know, find her faster, save her. And then, yeah, she was put into a coma so that she could heal. Woo, which is again kind of where the the last uh, X Men movie that I can think of, which was not great. I did not watch it. Yeah, Dark Phoenix was kind of. A yes. Mess. I started to watch it, and then when they, they were like, aliens, I'm like, all right, I'm already out. Goodbye.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was <laughs> like, not
0: good. You are not the scrolls. You are not are. I don't care who you are. Goodbye, I'm done with you. I was on an airplane, yeah. too, and I went, great. Aliens? Nope. Goodbye. <laughs> I turned the movie Star off. Publican. I'm like, nope.
1: Yeah.
0: <laughs> I'm done with this. With the Phoenix and Jean's place, Scott and her relationship flourished. great. However, the Amcron crystal, I know we spoke about that. It's a nexus of all realities. It's a, like, doorway, a giant crystal you can go through travel the multiverse. And I then do. Jean, yeah, as you do, Jean became corrupted by the dark phoenix, right? She actually joined the Hellfire Club because of it. The Hellfire Club's just like almost, almost as
1: frequently as you're going to see time travel within X-Men, you're going to see extremist groups, whether right. that's traveling the multiverse or extremist for human rights versus mutant rights or mutant rights versus human rights. You get yeah. both sides of the coin.
0: Yeah, so the the Hellfire Club is extremist for mutants being superior and all that as as you do um you so at some point after she becomes a dark phoenix and breaks free from the hellfire club Jean actually goes to throughout the universe and starts devouring stars and planets all right and then comes back to earth at some point threatening to kill everybody because the phoenix is losing its freaking collective mind mm-hmm. <laughs> collective mind good threatening to kill everybody and then xavier held her back and Jean willed herself back in control. Sure.
1: I don't know how that works. Once again, Phoenix for us.
0: Well, I like to imagine the Phoenix just said, all right, fuck it. I'm coming back when your, your guard's down. Because, and I, I'm sure we've said it before, there's only one Phoenix in the entire multiverse.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, we've it talked can- about the fact that it has had like a relationship with Odin.
0: Yep. And may or may not be the mother of Thor. Who knows? Mm-hmm. That's not really a retcon I wanted, but sure. Anyway. Yeah. But, like, like if Jean is the Phoenix... If the Phoenix forces with Jean during... I'm just going to make up a thing. During 2022 X-Men, right? And yet they're, and then they write a, a what-if story, or they're doing a different X-Men-related thing in another universe, right? You can't have the Phoenix show up in the X-Men story and the other story if it takes place in the same time period because there's only one phoenix it can't split itself.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: I mean it's it has split itself
1: but that's different. It it can split like essences to give to individuals but it's still part of the same.
0: You're right and it can't be like well I'm with Gene in 616 but then Gene over here in 583 I'm making up numbers here guys. Uh you know I can't like he can't, it can't be bonded with Gene in a different mm-hmm. if it's already with The Phoenix Force apparently died. Woo. The X-Men found Jean's cocoon and brought it to the Fantastic Four for study, where Jean was released from it and eventually started regaining her memories. So she does have a son with Scott, kind of. Genetically speaking, it's her son. Adoption-wise, also her son. She did not give birth to the child while she was in the cocoon. Our good old boy, Mr. Sinister, made a clone.
1: Mm Mm-hmm.
0: Named her Madeline Pryor. She had a relationship with Scott. One of them screwed it up. I'm sure it was Scott. And it was. Uh, yeah, I'm sure I'm sure it was Scott. And she left, became a villain. But she had Nathan, so genetically speaking, it's still technically Gene's son. So unfortunately, as he was a baby, got he got gets infected with a techno-organic virus that starts changing, turning his organic parts into cybernetics and killing him. A woman from the 37th century took him, who said that she could cure him, couldn't duh mm. and uh i'm to yeah, to my knowledge i don't remember who that woman is it that also might be a different but we're not getting into that i don't have time we don't i would like to talk about it i'm sure people would like to be like what the fuck <laughs> i personally don't want to talk about that version of rachel summers right i was now. about to say
1: it, it's funny that you mention it because we are going to talk about it cuz it is rachel summers
0: <laughs> shit i knew yeah. it we have we have
1: to, we have to talk
0: about it it is rachel summers damn it. <laughs> shit all right anyway gene also fought Onslaught on the Astral Plane. She Mm -hmm. discovered her son from a different reality, Nate Gray, who we will talk about. It's just a different version of Cable. So, all right. And then also this is a cute way, quote unquote cute way Marvel was like, oh, it's your son, but from a different reality. X-Man is Nate Gray. Cable is Nathaniel
1: Summers. Once again, two sides of the same coin.
0: Yep. And she also traveled back to London in the year 1759 because, sure, and did a whole bunch of other shit. As I said, yeah. we're not getting into all about we're not getting into all about any of these guys. We could have our own episodes on most of. It. We're just giving you guys like the general rundown of who these guys are.
1: It's a very quick overview of Marvel Girl Jean. there. So, yeah, yeah Marvel that, that,
0: Girl, Phoenix, Jean, whatever you want to call Stark it. Dark Phoenix, whatever you want. You know, she's got lots of names. That's
1: how you know she's been around for a while. And it's very much the same deal with Skyclops. Skyclops, Cy- Saiclops. The, 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 Skyclops. There we go. Yeah, but it's better than Captain Krakoa. Um, so, <laughs> we, yeah, that sounds... So, Scott Summers, Cyclops, Mutant, obviously. He has got lots of representation, so you've definitely seen him in the current X-Men movies as well as the early 2000 ones. Um, he has the ability to fire powerful optic beams, which Zach lovingly introduced me to this terminology that we now collectively agree to them as punch beam because while he does <laughs> essentially shoot laser beams from his eyes, they don't really cut people in half they just kind of push them back and that is definitely covered in the story as to why they are lessened in power it could be because of the glasses could be a couple different reasons but he's resistant to um, the effects of his being yes
0: this is relevant Um, something that i also remembered Mm -hmm. while gene is scott's first love she is his second wife because his first wife was madeline Pryor.
1: that is right
0: however if you really want to you really don't want to, like, get technical. I don't know. He ma-
1: he married the same woman twice. It just happened to be, like, I don't know. Uh, one of them was a clone. And also he was very, very, like, the the similarities between Madeline Pryor and Jean because she was a clone made in Jean's image are very striking. And Sinister did that on purpose. Yeah, so he she, essentially, Sinister's he just married. Yeah, he just married Jean twice twice basically. Yeah. And Madeline just gets the shit end of the stick and dies and is brought back a whole bunch of times and that's why we're not talking about Madeline prior it's literally just like a, a narrative plot device for Mr. Sinister.
0: That's what she is. But also if I can Chris for his optic blast cuz I'm sure people are going to go, "No, wait, it's just uh yeah, it's it's beams from his eyes." And I and I found this. Cyclo- optic blast. I'm reading his powers. Cyclops possesses the mutant ability to project a powerful beam of concussive ruby-colored force. From there his eyes.
1: Go. Concussive. Concussive. Right? Key word there.
0: But also, where does
1: this where does this force come from? Oh, you got your own little headcanon there. It comes from Ciderak, doesn't it?
0: Uh, I don't have it. Well, that's my cannon. I would like it yeah. if it came from a uh Sidorak's dimension. That, that I, makes sense what of what why it's why it's freaking with. why at full force could push the juggernaut. However, it is an extra dimension c- comes from an extra dimen- an extra dimensional like place. Nobody really knows what and where. Just comes out of his eyeballs. Yeah, for and some it, reason, it, his eyes are a portal to a realm of kinetic energy. Yep.
1: I love it. He is, like I said, resistant to the effects of this kinetic energy. He's multilingual, and he's an expert pilot. And he found his powers when he was flying with his parents, and their plane was shot down with Scott and his brother being shoved out of the plane with the only parachute. Alex. And Scott... Alex, who we'll talk about a little bit, also known as Havoc. Scott uses his optic beams to slow their descent and saves their lives, but he suffers a head injury from the fall that stops him from controlling his powers. So he has full control of his powers, maybe a minute when he's falling from 35,000 feet, and then bumps his head and loses. So after that, he's experimented on by Mr. Sinister. Gotta love him nope, we don't, in the orphanage. (laughs) And Sinister intervenes anytime that someone tries to adopt him. That way he can keep experimenting on him. And he ends up escaping the orphanage and linking up with an abusive mutant surrogate father, but eventually escapes and is rescued by Xavier after Xavier recruits the FBI to help find him. Xavier works really, really hard to find Scott because he sees the situation that he's in. So after that, The fights between Cyclops and Wolverine are also one of the big things that if you know the character, you're probably very familiar with that. Um, And a quick little note on that, within the current X-Men run, it's very heavily alluded to that Scott and Logan and Gene are in a polyamorous relationship because they're coming back from a mission and they're talking about taking a vacation to like Bora Bora or something. I forget wherever it is. And Cyclops says something to the effect of, well, you should come with us on the vacation. And Logan's like, I don't fucking care. I'll do whatever I want. And he was like, well, you should come with us. We all need to relax. And he's like, plus you get to see Jean in a bathing suit. And Logan's just kind of like, yeah, I can't argue against that. And he's like, plus, you know, me in a bathing suit. And he's like, that sounds pretty good, too. Like, he doesn't shy away from the fact that Scott mm. is like, hey, want to fuck? So it definitely <laughs> seems like there's a little – there's something going on there, which that's my headcanon. I'd like to believe that because, honestly, that's been the longest love triangle since – it's the longest love triangle that I've known in my life. It, to me, it's, it's kind of
0: – while it is tech kind of out of nowhere, like, you can kind of – okay, for me, Logan being whatever, mm. I don't care, by – pan whatever you want to call it he's old enough he doesn't care anymore yeah it's exactly like, also
1: logan fucks everything so <laughs> there's that he's we've, got we've so had, many like sons
0: yeah we've talked about his church. so yeah. that i can see. my thing though is when you it's with com- current comic books when you pull it out of left field like literally there has never
1: been a hint yeah it's the first of time
0: cyclops liking logan
1: yeah true never yeah
0: like like i said i don't have a problem with them be you know not being straight, whatever. That's that's fine. It's when you all of a sudden it's just like, oh yeah, Scott and Wolverine may or may not like each other.
1: When? Since when? Yeah, it's always been about gene That's always been very much the right the center point to their conflict.
0: I so again all for it. Great friggin' let's
1: make sure it makes sense with having, the writing direction.
0: Right, we're having another Iceman incident.
1: Oh my god, yeah.
0: <laughs> that oh was my worse, god, yeah.
1: Talk about that, but. Cyclops and Wolverine are very often at odds, especially you know with Jean, and especially after Beast travels back from the future and informs the team that Scott is the one who kills Xavier in that future. Yeah, um, this
0: is um this is where Beast had the bright idea to show a young version of Scott what he you know how, how he becomes basically Magneto in the future, and because of that kind of broke time, yeah, not okay. like awfully. And mm-hmm. I think
1: pretty sure this leads this leads towards the third secret wars. It does. Yep. But we're not going to talk about that. And instead, nope. we're going to talk about Scott joining the champions, which is another mutant team after um, young, Scott. Too young Scott, young Scott, young Scott. Yes, thank you. Um, He joins the champions for a brief minute after the second civil war following another rise in mutant hysteria. We get a lot of that, <sighs> too. Um, I like Civil war, too. So then the X-Men sort of go on to fight the Inhumans due to an orchestration by Emma Frost. And Scott is the one to expose her and end up easing and essentially fully stopping the conflict. But Emma Frost ends up escaping. And then when Xavier is apparently killed in the will of his estate in the school, everything is to stay under the guidance of Scott. He's one of the most trusted students that Xavier has, which I think speaks to their relationship. Had. Had. Yeah. No, uh, Um,
0: I say had because... You killed him. <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah, definitely. So once again, just talking about their sort of bond, which I always think is kind of interesting. It's a nice little father-son type thing. Scott has also gone undercover in the Brotherhood of Evil Mutants and actually rose to the rank of Magneto's right-hand man under the alias Eric the Red, which as far oh, as boy. like bad aliases go, you could do a lot worse, but you're a lot better. <laughs> um,
0: <laughs> you could do a lot worse.
1: yeah. After aiding in disbanding them, he is reunited with his brother Alex, or Havoc, who is with the brothers, and he ends up helping them out there. It's usually pretty par for his character that whenever a new team is formed and Xavier can't assist it, Scott ends up taking the role as a team leader due to his tactical knowledge and his wisdom. Um, And when Jean Grey is replaced by the Phoenix for a time, Scott had no idea that the exchange ever happened and assumed that she's still Jean. Phoenix was also able to block his optic blasts, which allow him to see her clearly and rekindles the relationship a little bit. So we get a nice little nice little love art there. So when Phoenix seemingly commits suicide to prevent itself from causing more harm, Scott had no idea what to do with his life and picked up on a working on a fishing boat for a little while until he stumbles upon Magneto's new base and the Bermuda Triangle and rejoins the X-Men after helping defeat him. This is just a whole sentence right there. So. <laughs> When it Jean Grey is found is found again, they follow a trail of cryptic, cryptic clues to discover that Mr. Senator had experimented on Scott when he was a kid, since up until that point, he had no clue that he was. And after his son, uh, we're going to talk about him in a second, son, I say in quotation marks. Well, I guess that's it's stuff. Scott's son. Scott's son. Um, after his son is infected with a techno-organic virus, Scott makes a decision to send his son to the future instead of watching him die in the present, which is really, really hard on him. And when Cable, his son, or Nathan Summers, he makes his way back to the present, Scott and Gene are able to aid him in having a second consciousness trapped within his mind from, of course, because who the fuck else loves to plague this family. <laughs> and while Scott and Gene were on their honeymoon, their consciousnesses are taken 2,000 years into the future by an elderly version of their daughter, Rachel Summers, who, like I said, we're going to talk about in a second, in order to raise Cable. So they go into the future in order to go into Cable's past in order to be good parents, which honestly... What the fuck? Some very serious leaps and bounds just to make sure that your kid doesn't have trauma. And meanwhile, Cable has, like, way more trauma. He's got trauma for leaking out his ears for everybody. He's got trauma to share, and we'll talk a little bit about that. Scott's brother, Havoc, is then brainwashed by Dark Beast, And founds the Brotherhood, but, because in reality, he joins the Brotherhood to stop Dark Beast, and when him and Scott battled, he was thought to be destroyed, but his consciousness was sent to another reality. Scott is then visited by his son from an alternate reality, Nate Gray, who we're going to talk about at the end as well, and he and Gene were a part of the Twelve Mutants of Apocalypse, meant to alter history. He dated Emma Frost for a time, aided Magneto in freeing unjustly imprisoned mutants, and lots, lots more. Because once again, it's Cyclops, and he's everywhere. And he is currently Captain Krakoa, which we hate and is lame, and we have very <laughs> strong feelings on it. And his costume even sucks. So, uh, yeah, that's all. That's I'm gonna, just going to, you know, dip my toe into a soapbox for that real quick and then just leave it alone so we can jump into the next character, which is arguably... One of the coolest members of his family, in my opinion.
0: Yeah, so Captain Kirkoa Yes, deploying Captain America, Krakoa is currently a mutant sovereign nation where anyone who is a mutant is technically a citizen from there, even if they weren't born there. We're not going to truly get into Krakoa because I have opinions. I like some of it, what they're doing. I don't like certain things. Fine, I'm allowed to have opinion. Everyone's allowed to have opinions. <laughs> yeah,
1: I, we're just, not starting this to say that people can't have opinions.
0: Right. I, but it's also just i I on the soapbox for so long because we have a lot of people to talk about. So, Cable. Nathan Summers, first first child of the, of the Summers Gray. Gray Summers, whatever. So he is an alpha-level mutant. And I always say, now, what is an alpha-level mutant? It's right below Omega. Right. Omega is, like, could destroy the world. Beyond mm-hmm. Omega is, like, could destroy solar systems, if not maybe the universe.
1: Yeah, and it's funny that because Alpha is very much, like, a tier below Omega. But there's a little bit of an Easter egg here for you. Red Skull actually believes that cable should be classified as a omega level mutant i was about to say he should be
0: omega the -hmm. only thing holding him back is the techno organic virus
1: exactly that's the only thing stopping him
0: yep because what he has to and this is weird and i know comic book writers don't always talk about this he is 24 7 using his telekinesis to push back against the techno organic virus that's slowly taking him over.
1: I don't know how he's doing that while he's asleep, but sure. Yeah. Well, I mean, when you're a summer's gray, you're very luckily blessed with some serious telepathic might say,
0: uh, Mary, Mary Sue level, but that's okay. So Cable <laughs> is from the future, from the present, sent to the future whatever. The one that you typically see, also the one who was played by um oh my God, what was the actor's name? He plays Thanos and I don't remember Josh his Brolin. Name. Thank you. Like, literally two villains in this in one year.
1: He did a great job.
0: Fantastic. So, he's Destin, you know, whose destiny was decided before he could even, like, be conceived, right? With tele- powerful telepathic and, and telekinetic abilities. Te- like, over the years, it's definitely been brought down,
1: but mm-hmm. pretty stupid powerful stuff he goes. So, the, the, uh, if I may jump in here for a sec there's, Zach. There's, Okay. So I said this earlier, and I thought it was a good way of explaining it, that Jean has the telepath, she's got the tele- the Summer's children. Their abilities change in scope and power level and broaden with every single child that comes from that family. So while Jean is sort of the base, stupid, powerful telepath, Cable and Rachel and Nate and Hope, who we're going to talk about, they have those abilities that Gene has, but they also have their own little facets of them that make individual. That being said, that's the really complicated way for me to say that they have so many telepathic abilities that it would take for them off because pretty much every aspect of them has to do with those abuse right so we have like i believe hope has something like telepathic cloaking like she can make herself seem invisible to other people by entering people's minds and stuff like that so it's like very specific stuff like that i mean yeah so that that's I mean, just kind of what you what you would like what you're gonna see what is and what you'll learn to expect
0: and deal with yep <laughs> yeah <laughs> 100 so, we already went about hit you know cables birth and all that crap and even like his an older version of his sister slash alternate self, mm-hmm. whatever. So we're going to skip that. In the future, he
1: kind of goes by Nathan Dayspring. Kind of a joke on Summers. Yeah. I, I I didn't want to say anything, but we go from Summers to Dayspring, and I'm just like, like th- yeah. this is this is the bad alias that I was talking about earlier. Yeah. So Cable traveled to, oh
0: my goodness, Tras- Transia?
1: Transia, I believe it is. I don't know. Well, he, de- he teams up with some
0: Deathlocks to look for Rachel Gray, and worked with a lot of different X Men teams, but he's worked mm-hmm. mostly with the X Force, which actually that's kind of something that happened more recently. That's oh, again something that I'm going to talk about in a bit. But Cable, actually, his main nemesis is Strife, who is a clone of himself, and there he Strife looks so '90s, not even funny. Like, oh, dude, likes yeah. galore with this mm-hmm. man. All right, and obviously the two of them are time travelers, so they're having problems. Because they, they also, like, they like, yeah, they travel into the future, they travel in the past, they kind of travel sideways in time, like just different realities. He actually fought against Apocalypse in the past before Apocalypse even got his tech from the Celestials, and then to close the loop. Cable gave him the techno organic virus. So in the future, he will give him baby him the techno organic virus. Time travel stupid. I don't know. What to oh, tell yeah. you
1: guys. Cable but, consistently hops around and creates. He's so cool, but he's just consistently messing with the timeline and, you know, time traveling to his heart's content and just yep. loving to mess up the narrative just as much as he. mess it up, close
0: the loop, whatever it is. But Cable also is the adopted father of the first mutant born after M-Day. What is M-Day? So M-Day is, it's the aftermath of House of M, right? Mm -hmm. What's House of M? House of M is, like if you've watched WandaVision it's kind of that except on like a uni- except on the planetary universal scale where she warped reality to give everybody everything they wanted like Punisher has his family again Peter Parker still has Uncle Ben and Gwen Stacy is his wife Ma- mutants are the dominant species of the planet and Magneto is in, the- in charge hmm. literally shit like that mostly because she also wanted her she also wanted children that she couldn't have right. but that happened and then at the end of it she said no more mutants so a lo- like a good portion of the world's mutants lose their powers. So M day is no more mutants like a large portion of mutants lose their powers and no mutants are born after that. Right. So for the one mutant girl born after that, I like everybody wanted that child. Like the Brotherhood's mm-hmm. like we're going to raise it and we're going to conquer the world. The x-men are like we're going to teach the child how to basically be uh you know a hero and then there's you know different anti-mutant factions like we're just going to kill it. And I and my head canon, and I didn't read that, but my head canon is they're all fighting and then everyone and then everyone's like, Where's the baby? And you just see cable with the baby and it's like, I'm taking a kid bye, and then leaves. Yeah. And just disappears <laughs> into the future. Steps through the portal.
1: <laughs> yeah. It's
0: just like it's just like, Yeah, none of you win. Goodbye. Yeah. So he is the adopted father of Hope Summers, who we will talk about in a bit. Right? He takes her into the future. They do, you know, they time hop a bit but she's actually tracked down by bishop because he's also a time traveler kind of like cable he doesn't like cable i don't know
1: you got two time travelers and they're gonna cause problems cable and bishop have lots of problems yeah well because i hope, pretty sure hope cable... summer's hope summer's beast of them
0: right i'm pretty sure and this is to my to my knowledge bishop comes from a reality basically a future where cable cable's mission into the past was successful but then somehow made it worse so that's why Bishop doesn't like Cable cuz technically it's in his mind it's his fault. But this is time I travel. Can see that. Yeah, this is time travel, uh, everything's wonky. True. Cable actually, you know, he defeated a bunch of Avengers alone before this before the virus like took hold of him completely, but you know, a different version of Hope was able to cure him. Cable could keep protecting her. But also Cable Okay, if you're going to go pick up an X-Men comic right now or even Cable solo series, you're going to see a younger Cable and you're probably going to be like, what the hell is this? So, I'm going to have to call them Old Old Man Cable and, or Main Cable and Young Cable. Kid there Cable. I'm calling him Kid Cable. There we go. He's the second one. He gets the shittier moniker. So Cable yeah. actually <laughs> fought Kid Cable because Cable was allowing the young versions of the, X, of the first X-Men group to still be in the present after Beast brought them Future. And yet somehow didn't you know time didn't collapse in on itself because again loops are supposed to happen and they're supposed to be closed like they're supposed to be here and then they're supposed to get sent back at some point so kid cable is like you've gone soft you were supposed to be stopping all these time crap happening and yet you're letting the past mingle with the present no you're out old man kills him basically kills his older self fixes the uh, young x-men I say fixes. Some of them had different powers. Some of them were able to do things they shouldn't be able to erase their minds, send them back into the past, like uh, something that shouldn't have, like, I think young angel had fire wings because of some space adventure and young beast was learning magic. I don't know. That just sounds weird to me. So he sends them back, closes the loop. We're good. Well, I killed old me. I'm going to stay around and keep doing stuff, which to me is more confusing because that means at some point this version of Cable will become old Cable and then have to and then have to die to his younger self. Yay. Time travel. (laughs) (laughs) I can't. You can't can't take away the time travel stuff from Cable because that's part
1: of his like it's his It's very much his. Yeah. It's tough. But when you create a character like that, you run the risk of issues that you just mentioned simply because of just like how the character.
0: Yeah. Well, you know. Gotta love it. I mean, they're like, all right, we got to freshen up cable. So mm-hmm. they made a... they just like younger version. And even <laughs> Let's still, make I'm him sh- smaller. <laughs> I don't know. And then even still, I'm sure they could probably technically bring back like old cable, like old yeah. man, like OG they cable. Could. Because again, I think it was also in a Deadpool comic where you see like basically a guild of cables and all of them are different versions of cable. So technically young cable is just another one of those. And it's like, Oh, surprise six one, six cable still around. I don't know.
1: We have infinite
0: cables basically. (laughs) So I'd I'd like to, yeah, I kind of would like to not think about that because, and you know, I have hope for that. So let's talk about the, gran- the oh, adopted granddaughter God. of Cyclops
1: and Jean. You're, You're welcome. So you get mad at me? Oh my goodness, he's got hope for it. Our next character is Hope Summers, the Holy granddaughter of the adopted fuck, granddaughter so proud of, of you. Jean and Cyclops. Yeah. So-
0: yeah, Stop, stop talking about my, uh,
1: I, my everything hurts because of that stupid <laughs> pun. So keep going. <laughs> talk about Hope. All right. As Zach mentioned, first mutant born after M-Day. Hope Summers is an Omega-level mutant with the abilities <laughs> to manipulate other mutant power. Should that not be Omega, do, should be beyond Omega. Should be beyond Omega, right? I'm going to mention here that she's very buddy-buddy with Franklin Richards, the reality-warping super son of Sue Storm and Reed Richards. So she has that telepathy. She's got the telekinetic powers, and that very much helps her out with her base powers. So her birth causes such a ripple in time That upon Cerebro, that is the machine created by Hank McCoy to find mutants in order to help Xavier recruit people into his school, when Cerebro discovers her, it overloads itself and explodes. So that tells you just sort of the ramifications of her creation. She's saved by Cable when everyone in her town of Cooperstown, Alaska, were killed by Purifiers, another ex- group, who believed she would kill millions of people, but Cable believed she was their salvation. She was kidnapped by Mystique, posing as Mr. Sinister in order to cure her daughter, and it works, but brings about an enormous conflict between the Marauders and the X-Men. Once again, too because, ex- you know, I, I wouldn't say that, but they definitely have certain. With Cyclops letting Cable take her back to the, to, well, excuse me, to the Futy safe, Bishop then tracks her there. Unbeknownst to Cable, who at this point marries a civilian named Hope and is starting a life. Bishop destroys every continent on that earth except North America to find her. Yeah. And eventually kills her mother, who Cable named her. So her mother's name was Hope. She's a civilian. I don't really think we get a last name or at the very least I couldn't find one, but it doesn't really matter. Um, So Bishop is going, you know, gross destructive mode on everything. And really trying to take out Hope and Cable does a sweet dad thing and her dead mom. So uh, Bishop nice. makes a pack. Yeah, it's good, good Chris, dad. Cable. If I may interrupt you here. Go for it. Her her
0: powers are power mimicry. However, unlike Rogue, she doesn't need to make physical contact with anybody, and it's in proximity. But it go. also could be like like again, it she doesn't really have a limit of how many she can mimic at the same time. It's just. Mm-hmm. But using multiple powers at the same time is a little taxing, and eventually the the powers do fade through time, distance, and usage. But it's like, again, you just... Like, if she's chilling with Franklin Richards, she is now a reality woman. Yeah. So that's go. the scary part.
1: hmm Yeah, she's stupid powerful. So Bishop makes a pact with Strife to create a time net to trap Cable from jumping back in time to get aid from the X-Men. And, I'm sorry. Yeah. You
0: now, a time net? How the... What the fuck? Okay,
1: yeah, because never- bishop, you know, why not?
0: No, I'm sorry. I'm imagining like he's trying to travel through the timeline, and all of a sudden he gets he gets y- yanked <laughs> by a snagged. Yeah, <laughs> it's just like in yeah. the timeline.
1: It's just like in the time stream. It's just like no. Like, what? I don't think I don't think it's a physical net, but it's more of just like That's a my- play i like your head. <laughs> That's how it works.
0: Work <laughs> it's just like a
1: physical knit. <laughs> so when it works and Strife discovers who she was, instead of killing her, he plans to take her power, but is stopped by Cable and the X-Force, which Scott sent from the past, as well as Apocalypse. Apocalypse wants to take her yeah. as well, but he leaves does. her in the care of the X-Force, claiming he would return one day. Because why not? just Shut up, Apocalypse. You're not cool. Yeah, exactly. That's so
0: a apocalypse, you <laughs> better.
1: when Cable and Hope were forced to time travel again, Hope doesn't want to. She resists and she kicks Cable during the travel, stranding them two years apart from Hope. this is when Hope meets Emile Spence in her timeline, a descendant of Strife's clone warriors, and the two survive for a few years together until they're captured as Cable posing as strife, but the two of them eventually escape after an attack by the brood and Emil sacrificing his own life to save them. We've talked about the brood earlier. They're kind of a gross insect alien virus. Um, I, think, and that's what's uh, I
0: was going to say things don't pop out of you through your body.
1: There you go. So, another time-hopping chase ensues, and Bishop continues to try and kill Hope, but Cable eventually outsmarts him, sending him to the year 6700 AD, and they time-jump to the present. Yeah, Bishop gets stranded there. He comes back because it's Bishop, but Cable puts him there for a So, the X-Men are then able to protect the two purifiers, until Cable was seemingly killed in a conflict where Hope's mutant powers then manifest with rage, and she single-handedly takes out three powerful mutants bastion lang and creed which is basically all so you need to is,
0: can bastion is we bastion is actually like if i remember Bastion's kind of a big yeah he is a hybrid of a sentinel which are those mutant hunting if you saw days of future past the movie uh bastion is more like for the future sentinels except they don't he doesn't look as stupid yeah <laughs> <laughs> He's like a cyborg sentinel person, but he also can adapt to the powers of of any mutant, more like a Nimrod uh, sentinel. Yeah, there you go. But for him, it's like faster, I Mm -hmm. guess. But since she can mimic the powers of any mutant in range, doesn't matter. You adapted to my uh, optic cyclops blast, great. I'm going to smack you with my pyro fire kinesis. Like, it doesn't matter what you have. She she's got the powers of all the mutants in a vicinity, but it doesn't matter. You yeah. lose. So it it was a pretty uh, it was a pretty one sided battle. Lang, I keep I keep thinking it's like um Scott, which that doesn't sound
1: right. No, I I forget who Lang is honestly. Bastion was right, the one I was that, most familiar with, and Bastion was Bat- kind of the biggest deal honestly of the three. Creed Creed is. I don't think
0: I don't, so. I, yeah, I was gonna say it can't be Sabretooth. Sabretooth was on their team at this point.
1: Anyway, yeah. you were talking yeah. about Hope going somewhere. Right. So, she takes out those three and then travels to Alaska to learn more about her original family, per Cyclops' suggestion. And after getting answers about who she was, she joins the X-Men for a time and is, like, incredibly successful. She's instrumental in, like, several big events, and she does a really good job on the team. Like, it's she's very much born for it. She's also, at some point, imbued with the Phoenix Force during of the course. Avengers versus the X-Men, and breaks the spell with Wanda Maximoff bringing back all the mutants after M-Day because she then... Tracks down Cable eventually after discovering that he's still alive and makes peace with him as he promises to always be there for her no matter the timeline which Aww. I think is the sweetest thing. Just um, good dad. Good dad Cable. Yeah, it. Now it's
0: probably really awkward. Well, anyway, <laughs> yeah,
1: we're just we're just going to ride the good dad Keep going yeah. with
0: that. It's funny, Chris, because when she and Scarlet Witch got, did the thing. They actually repeated her M-Day thing, but they just said no more Phoenix. And then it's like, oh, you wiped out the Phoenix. I'm like, there's no way. Literally, you there's no way you wiped it out. You can't. Yeah. No, Phoenix is still there for sure. No, like it's a it's a multi it's a not even a multiversal constant. It's there's only one in existence. You can't just kill it. Yeah. You. Exactly. If anything, it was more like you you put it in an egg. It's a phoenix. It die it dies and comes back. Yeah, that's it's in the name. <laughs> also. So,
1: go for it. Oh, I was gonna just—I didn't realize you—you you had what I was about to talk about. Keep going. Oh yeah, no, I was gonna say that Hope meets Jean Grey, and when Jean has visions of the Phoenix Force coming for her, the two fight off the Reavers together. After they sort of end up in a little bit of conflict, yet another extraneous group that we're gonna mention, and then Hope eventually rejoins the X Men and is the leader of the Five on Krakoa, which is a group of mutants recruited by Xavier to resurrect dead. Yeah. Zach so and I now,
0: yes. Like I said, the Jonathan Hickman current overarching collection of X-Men, of mutant stories. Mutants are now immortal. Like, they show you this, and the first thing they do, a group of X-Men go to stop an extremist group. They all die. Like, Wolverine is there, but it gets thrown into the sun. They bring them back. They're like, all right, they re the five re- make, reconstitute bodies, hatch them, hope gives them back their powers, and Professor X gives them back their, their memories from before their death. Okay, great. Again, you have now lessened. You've already lessened death, which already doesn't have a big hold in comics. Like, mm-hmm. how did you do that? I'll, like, I'll already, you were going a comic It's like, oh, this person's dead. All right, let's we'll see how long that lasts. <laughs> now, that yeah. for the mutants, it doesn't matter. It's like, oh, we just kill. I don't care. It's going to nope, last even shorter. Here. Actually, I think during Empire, which uh an interesting event and led to nothing, the, the bad guys, the Kotadi were like kind basically made Genosha, everyone who died from Genosha basically made them zombies. <laughs> and they had a character. They had the worst mutant ever. I don't remember his this guy's name, but he his abilities he can blow up once. That's it. It's not <laughs> like he blows up, reconstitutes himself. He just blows up and that's it.
1: Seriously?
0: He I'm not kidding. Like you think it's like yeah like Nitro. No. Like no, he, yeah, he blows exactly up and that's what I was it. Thinking. Oh that's so Yeah funny. no he blows up and that's it. But he had died on, on Genosha. Mm-hmm.
1: He's still oh, alive no. on
0: Krakoa. So the zombie, he met his zombie self. <laughs> oh, so, no. What, what's the, how do they end this plot? How do they stop the zombies? Zombie him goes and uses his mutant abilities and blows himself up. I'm like, what the fuck? <laughs> but now with the five, it doesn't matter. This can blow himself up and he'll come back. Just come back. <laughs> so I'm like, you just negated the worst X-Men ever. Well, and I liked my, and again, my head cannon. he uses mutant abilities and the five can't, like, don't bring him back. Or they can't bring him back. They, like, physically can't do that anymore. That's why he still hasn't done it. But zombie him did it and saved the day. I'm like, this is so stupid. <laughs> that's really, that's literally
1: a joke. <laughs>
0: yeah, and I, I love it, but my God.
1: That's so funny. So oh, man.
0: We're going to move on to, by the way, everyone we spoke about, third, six, True, true. Now we're going to get into alternate reality. So Rachel Summers. This is Cable's female self or the daughter of whatever. You know.
1: However you want to see it. However,
0: you want to see it. That's the daughter of Cyclops and Jean. It's there's a a of version cable. Yeah. 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 So Rachel Summers is from Earth eight eleven, which is the days of futures past. We're gonna get into why certain things they did in the movie they didn't take from the comic book, but also bothers me. So mm-hmm. Rachel is an Omega level mutant, just like Jean. I'm literally almost literally just so Jean actually merged with the phoenix force in her reality like i either gave birth to rachel then merged or was mer- i don't know they don't know when that happened at some point she just became the phoenix and left so rachel was still in training on that earth right at the school and she be she became friends with franklin richards because again he's also a mutant most people don't know that
1: yeah but it is kind of like oh go ahead Go ahead. I totally no, you, agree. you go ahead. Your I was is- just going to say that it's like weirdly easy to forget that he's even was insane powers because I guess he just doesn't have much purifications.
0: Well, not even that. It's like because he had his powers, you know, after he was born. It's not again. The Fantastic Four got their powers late and later in their life. He didn't. And he was not like a thing before that. He just he was born a mutant. Mm-hmm. But you don't think about that because he's not with the X-Men.
1: Yeah, exactly. That's a good point. That's I see what
0: you're saying. Yeah. In the, and also, in this timeline, Senator Robert Kelly, very heavy ant, uh, anti-mutant person,
1: mm-hmm.
0: was killed. In 616, x six saved him. But in, in 811, he died, which then started the Sentinel thing to get Kickstarter. The Sentinels took over. Boom. Days of Future's past era. Right? There you go. She was actually brainwashed into becoming a hound, right? which is a mutant that works. I say works. Quote, unquote, works for the government. To hunt other mutants. They're just brainwashed and using their powers to aid the human sentinel, the humans and the sentinels to take down the mutants. She was one of them, which actually kind of sucks because how strong she is. So she actually was able to break free from the control, right? And she joined up with Magneto and Wolverine and Franklin and Kitty Pride to escape. and actually she sent the consciousness of this Kitty Pride into her younger self, which again, this is an alternate future Earth, now kind of just an alternate Earth because of what of this story and how it concludes. They send Kitty's consciousness into the past. They did change the fact of this was now the future, made it an alternate reality. However, unfortunately for that reality, it didn't work because, again, Marvel and time travel is finicky.
1: Oh, yeah. That's, that's not new.
0: No. She actually was able to bond with the phoenix in earth 616 at the time to then physically travel literally just to reality hop that's it she left her reality yeah which i mean which is simpler i would say for a combo greeter even at the time it's like okay you want to learn about rachel and eh, she's in an alternate reality we'll just pull her here again yeah. she's a summers she's the daughter of gene utilize the phoenix force however you want with that So at the time, uh, Jean was not, was dead, and so she became basically the new phoenix, or the new, yeah, basically the new phoenix, the new telepath, telekinetic of the group. And she, and then here's the time travel, crap. So she managed to return to her own time, thanks to the phoenix, right, and destroyed sentinels that were hunting mutants. However, Captain Britain, who traveled with her, became stuck in the timeline, and she sacrificed herself to save him. And in the process, you're splitting the two timelines, one in the 37th century and one as the founder of Clan Ascani, right? So she became the one who helps Cable when he's a baby and then does some other – and then a different version of her does something else and while she's also still with the X-Men in 616. Like, this shit's insane.
1: Oh, yeah. As as far – like, Cable jumps around a lot as far as being in more places than one. I think Rachel –
0: yeah, and meanwhile she doesn't even have the tech to do it. No. Nope, she doesn't.
1: So. She's she's just got powerful friends.
0: <laughs> yeah, she is powerful. She has got no. defeated. Mm-hmm. So to come to a close with that, she is currently on Krakoa. She lives in the Summers' house, which I'm pretty sure is on the moon. Don't know why. Said so screw it. Wants wanted to. And she actually runs X Factor. She runs the uh, like a private, like an investigative force for Krakoa for the for the. Sovereign Nation of Krakoa, which is dope. And she's she has her own name, which yeah. is like pristine.
1: Yeah, it is pristine. Yeah, it's much cooler than the five because it actually like does something and doesn't screw up the writing. <laughs> it's actually <laughs> a useful plot device. Thank God, useful oh, plot device. Man. Again,
0: I don't, the five is interesting, but they don't do
1: No, they don't. Speaking of plot devices, we're going to move on oh, to our good. next character. Oh boy. Okay, so this is Nathaniel Gray from Earth 295. Now, Nathaniel Gray. Oh, Nathaniel Gray, he has he's just, he's just like the the Gray Summers version of G of G. You know, he he is <laughs> referred to as the second coming several times. So Nate is created to be the most powerful psionic imaginable. But Cyclops, with many of his raids of Sinister's facilities, is able to free the boy from his attention, completely unaware of who he was. He creates Nate from their DNA, Cyclops again. Genn. So. <laughs>
0: Rachel and Cable were made in the natural way. Hmm. X-Man over here was
1: made in a test tube. Yep. Everything He's special about him baby. came from a bottle. So, <laughs> <laughs> uh, a fellow mutant, Forge, who we actually talked about earlier, teaches Nate how to control his powers. And he is tricked into using them by Essex, who is actually really sinister in disguise. And sinister ends up killing Forge. Also, just want to talk about this. That's how you do a fake alias. The fact that Sinister knows how to do a fake alias and Cyclops doesn't, I call bullshit. All right, but moving Uh,
0: on. He doesn't do a fake alias. That's him. Oh my God,
1: you're right. That's his name of now. Yes. Am I fired?
0: No, you're not fired because
1: (laughs) I forgot about that.
0: Because nobody gives a shit about early Mr. Sinister. Exactly. Okay. Mr. Sinister (laughs) is also a mutate. He's not a mutant. He's not a mutant. Yeah, exactly. He was mutated after the fact. Like he was human and then got mutated.
1: Forcefully it's just like Deadpool. Okay. You made me feel better. Thanks, buddy. There you go. All right. You're welcome. <laughs> Nathan battles Apocalypse's son. Apocalypse. Woo. Apocalypse's son. Holocaust and defeats him by impaling him with an m which sends both of them to Earth-616 after the battle with the combined energies of both their powers. When oh Nate, yeah, oh, j- just wait. When Nate lands in 6, he sends out a wave of psionic energy that alerts Gene to his presence. Not only alerts Gene, it alerts Xavier, and I believe it gets the Phoenix Force a little bit of a nod to where he is, and it resurrects Madeline Pryor, Because Nate is attempting to reach out to his quote-unquote mother, and his mind reaches out to her, and in the process of reaching out to her, revives her. He wanders for a while and eventually ends up in New York, where a guy named Threnody, one of Sinister's underlings, helps him sort of understand and find himself a little. Threnody then leaves when Nate asks him about his past, because he's a lackey of Sinister's and he doesn't want to tell him. And Nate actually forms a really good friendship with Spider-Man, which I think is actually pretty sick. And, like, kind of a weird pairing, but it makes sense. He then comes into contact with the Purple Man, who makes him out to be a terrorist. But Nate is able to do it very easily and wipe the memories of those who saw him as a terrorist, also very easy. He works with Spider-Man and what's known as the Psy Ops, which is kind of a group of psionically inclined individuals, to defeat the Great Beasts, another extremist group, and uses his foresight to see himself fighting strife and destroying the world in the future. But he is actually able to stop the possible by defeating Stripe, Stripe, Strife, with the help of <laughs> Cable. So kind of a weird thing that he does because he's one of the Summer's Grey that actually stops the future cataclysm he sees. So I think we should give him a little bit of credit there for as much as I do think he is a plot device. Well, After saving I'll, a woman. I'll give him credit when... Yeah. I'll, get, I'll give him credit for that, unfortunately, after the whew. After saving a woman from committing suicide in London, he's seen as the, quote-unquote, second coming, like I mentioned before, and is praised as such, but doesn't really feel like it fits him. He then travels to New York, where he defeats Dark Beast and the Gene Nation, which we actually talk about in our Beast episode. So, he reunites with his, quote-unquote, parents, Gene and Scott, and they fight together to defeat the guardians of the m crystal. And there, he meets his counterpart from Earth 2098, who tells him that the Red Queen is seeking to use his powers to destroy the world. She shows him how to travel between dimensions and nearly kills him, but he escapes with the help of a mutant named the Shaman, who restores his powers and sends him home to 616. However, upon arriving back to 616 and having his powers given back to him, Nate goes back to Earth 998 and kills the Red Queen. He then faces off against Norman Osborn and his Dark X-Men, faking his death to better defeat him, er, or... to better understand. He, he fakes his death to understand Osborn to figure out how he can hit him where it hurts. But Norman is able to use two of his own powerful telepaths to drain Nate of his power, and then he is used as an example after he is captured. Cyclops does eventually rescue even though his powers are nearly burnt out from being hooked up to what's known as the Omega Machine, created by Osborn, used to harness energy. And he rejoins the new mutant squad with a relationship with his quote-unquote father, and Hope Summers teaches him how to fight without using his to help him cope and feel useful. Because at this point, his powers have been drained, you know, due to being hooked up to the Omega machine. So he's feeling kind of useless. He's not quite where he used to be. And it actually helps him and Hope form a pretty nice relationship. That's actually a really sweet few couple couple of issues. So Nate is instrumental when the Asgardian vampire Disir wipes the memories and makes Asgardian mortal as well as throwing the team into different dimensions. So when they go into those different dimensions, Nate's kind of the guiding compass and is like, okay, this is how we sort of orient ourselves here. This is how we're going to approach this. Nate fights bravely on the front lines against a corrupt Cyclops without his powers and eventually returns with his powers thanks to what's known as a life seed, um, which I believe is actually how we get the Celestials. Am I correct with that there, Zach?
0: Yeah, kind of. Yeah. They have the life seed and a death seed. They, uh, again, plot
1: devices. Yeah, gotta love it. There's a lot of them here. <laughs> <laughs> After realizing that he's dying, and uh, he's trying to prevent a future that he... He projects a message to the world that he is, in fact, the second coming, and is going to remake the world in his own image. His intentions aren't evil, but he's definitely very absolute in the way that he wants to come about and prevent this. If I remember and
0: correctly, Chris, go for it. he he basically asks Apocalypse, how do I get them to like the people of the world? How do I get them to like, believe in me? And he's like, all right, you got to make sure you're the only like thing to be worshiped. So I don't know how he does this. He just wipes away all. Yeah.
1: I'm like what? Yeah. He's like, how do we, how do I get people to believe me? And Apocalypse is just like, like basically. Like,
0: all right. They don't, no more Christianity, no Judaism, no Hindu, no nothing. Me. It's it's just
1: me. I'm like, whoa, chill. Which is very much an apocalypse answer. Yeah. I'm like, yeah, I don't know why I asking him. So. Like I said, very absolute. And he ends up actually coming to blows with the X-Men, eventually sending them to another plane of existence that he himself created. I'm just going to pause on that there. He creates another plane of existence and puts the X-Men in time out there. Just just let that marinate for a hot sec because that's a big deal. However, there are flaws and cracks in this plane that he creates. And as the X-Men start to regain their memories, they point out Nate's mistake and how his absolute views aren't going to bring around their salvation. And he actually sends them back to Earth-616 unharmed. But after they leave, he continues to build his plane, excuse me, his uh, separate plane of existence, not plane flying in the air, uh, Mm -hmm. per the advice of that Earth's Magneto. And that's the last time that we see, well, not the last time that we see him, but it's the most recent run that we see him in. And I want to mention something here before we sort of go into recommendations, that every single one of these characters has an intense and long history within the Marvel Universe. And we are sort of hitting the big points because the Gray Summers family is very extensive. It goes through a lot of weird sort of dips and dives, and it also time hops. Yep. So we are hitting sort of like the biggest pieces. If we were to really go in depth with each of these characters, this episode would never end. No, so I just want to make sure would that we also throw be like, that on
0: to I don't know, three hours long minimum.
1: Easy. Easy three.
0: Yep. If we went into everything about them, which this is already running pretty long for us. So recommendations get those so x-man nate gray age of apocalypse the chosen uh x-man also had his own solo series which was dope
1: yeah
0: uh, uncanny x-men volume five all of that i mean this this is also the plane of existence thing and then age of x-man all of it like every like the main story the alpha the omega the side stories whatever was going on that's where you'll see him basically being yeah Uh, and it's funny because he because he he and i know he did this on purpose he they purposely made him look like mutant jesus like
1: he's got the long
0: hair the sandals the robe, and i'm like this man this man's trying
1: yeah the the allegories to him being jesus are intense and they're intentional because of everything that apocalypse tells him
0: yep so x-men days for rachel X-Men Days of Futures Past, like that whole story. Excalibur Volume 1, Inhumans vs. X-Men, Death of X, Avengers vs. X-Men, and X-Factor Volume 4. That's the current thing what she's doing on Krakoa. Uh, let's see, Hope. Got a lot for Hope. I'm also not going to like specific issues. These are like, you can get definitely get these as graphic novels. X-Men Messiah Complex, X-Men Messiah War, X-Men Second Coming, X-Men Schism, Avengers vs. X-Men, Generation Hope, and Cable and X-Force. Cable's got a lot of stuff. But oh,
1: cable flops are on all.
0: Yeah, but this one we're also... He definitely, we're going to get it specific. Cable, number 1 through 12. King, king Size Cable, number 1. X-Men The Life and Times of Lucas Bishop, 1 through 3. X-Men Second Coming. New Mutants, number 12 through 14. x men X-Men Legacy, numbers 235 to 237. X-Force, numbers 26 to 28. Cable and Deadpool, the whole thing. So issues one through six. Cable, number 79 through 96. Those are just kind of cool, important ones.
1: Oh boy, here we go. Scott. Before, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> before we jump into Scott, I, I do want to mention the Cable and the Deadpool issues are some of my favorite comics of all time. So if I can yeah. plug anything in these recommendations, it's going to be those.
0: Well, I'm mean, Because they, they just work so well together. It's really fun.
1: Oh, yeah, the, the opposites attract rule Very much showing off during those, uh, those. Yeah, I love them. I love that pairing.
0: It's really funny to me. So Cyclops, Captain Krakoa. No. Sch- <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I got myself good with that one. Schism, Cyclops versus Wolverine. The Adventures of Cyclops and Phoenix. Uncanny X-Men, Aftermath of Avengers vs. X-Men. The Dark Phoenix Saga. Very good one. Uh, Uncanny X-Men, number... 175, House of M, X-Men Messiah Complex, Uncanny X-Men, numbers 125 to 128, X-Factor Endgame, Avengers vs. X-Men, Astonishing X-Men. I mean, really, you boil it down. Anything Cyclops, just read anything X-Men, but we're not going to be that lazy. We're going to give you cool, important, fun things. This is Jean Grey, Fantastic Four, number 286, Uncanny X-Men, numbers 125 to 137, giant size x-men jean gray and emma frost number one jean gray number seven through eleven i'm pretty sure that's when she teams up with her younger self x-men origins jean gray number one phoenix resurrection jean gray numbers one through five uncanny x-men numbers 294 to 297 x-factor number 84 to 86 x-men number 14 to 16 Strife's strike file all right, didn't know he was that important. He needed to get uh, a comic book with his name on it. New X-Men, numbers 114 to 126. And The Adventures of Cyclops and Phoenix, numbers 1 through 4.
1: Yeah, Adventures of
0: Cyclops and Phoenix
1: is a really good one. And weirdly enough, with uh, Jean Grey and Phoenix, you're going to find some of her older issues or actually some of the best. Some of the retro Jean Grey are some of the best comics that you're going to find. We got lots well, of really good runs nowadays. But back then was just she she was just written. Not not she was written. The story was written in such an interesting way. So those might be a little bit tougher to find, but I urge you to look for those if you find them.
0: Yeah. Like and like we said, probably can find them on Comixology, Amazon, some other reading
1: website maybe. Oh just don't pirate it. <laughs> yeah, no, we're not we're not advocating do not do yeah. not download. Uh, them only you could there's plenty of places you can find them
0: yep find them even the old ones probably can find them for cheap digitally so that is it for the summer's gray family so join us next time for another comic book character